Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Hey, good morning again. It's Hour two of Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you again um, for everyone who participated this week in our spring fundraiser. Deeply appreciative. Um, if you missed it and you still want to participate, it's not too late. It's never too late, um, right? It's ongoing financial needs of the ministry. This is your Faith Radio. It is listener supported. So um, you can always jump in. As a part of the giving community online at MyFaithRadio.com, you can always text the word GIVE to 877-933-2484. Hey, welcome back to Jeannie and Randy. Jeannie and Randy spend their summers in Florida, and uh, now they're back in Minnesota. I mean, spent their winters in Florida. I have my... I have my seasons flipped there. They spend their winters in Florida, and now they're back in Minnesota, and so they've tuned in again this morning. And so, first of all, welcome back. And then, you know, I just have to say, you know, there's literally an app for that. Like, you can actually listen in Florida. We have people who listen in Florida. Um, So if you've not downloaded the Faith Radio app, text the word app, A-P-P, to 877-933-2484, and I will send the link back to you because, right, like, take me with you. I like Florida. Like, you don't have to leave me in Minnesota when you go to Florida or Arizona or Mexico for the winter. We can go together. I like Hawaii. I like I I like tropical places. You could take me with you. That would be so nice. All right. Um, Rain Wilson. You may not actually know his name, but my guess is you know the character that he played on The Office. He um, he played the role of Dwight on The Office, and Rain Wilson has been in the news pretty frequently of late, um, in part for coming to the defense of Christians in Hollywood and basically saying, "Look, it, it is true. <laughs> like people who are in Hollywood and who are people of faith." Um, Yeah, it is hard. And he's not coming to that conversation as a Christian, but he is coming to that conversation as a person of faith. And so I found it really interesting as I was surveying my headlines this morning that, I mean, across the board, there's all this reporting on Rain Wilson's new book. And Rain Wilson's new book is about the need for revival, spiritual revival. And he does come to this conversation, um, Again, as a person of faith, the, just so that you know, the book is called Soul Boom, Why We Need a Spiritual Revolution. Um, it is a book about spiritual revival, but again, he is a person of the Baha'i faith. That's where his journey began as a child. He grew up in a family that practiced the Baha'i faith. Um, he talks about later rejecting everything having to do with religion, faith, and spirituality. Um, and then he says, and, and again, you can hear him say these things in interviews with the Religion News Service, with NPR, 
on late night television. Like he's everywhere right now doing these interviews about his book. And, um, you know, he talks about having struggled with anxiety and depression and addiction and started searching for answers and meaning and peace. And he just literally started by like asking his friends around him. He would just start asking people, um, do you think there's a God? Um, do you believe in God? And he has this intensely conversational approach to the to the question of spirituality and finding the sacred and creating conversational space for people to ask real questions and to find their own, you know, their own sort of path to the certainty of belief. And he's arrived at what he thinks is a is you know is a place of certain belief. Um, he's an interesting person. Um, here are the things that I like. Now, I'm, obviously, I'm concerned that in his quest, he hasn't arrived at Jesus. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and acknowledge that before you. But I do love the conversational calling of his approach. He's humble. He's non-anxious. He's kind. He's generous. Let me confess, I've not read the book. I've not listened to his podcast. I am intrigued with this person who is confident in the reality of love and wants to see and experience a soul boom in the world. Because I want that too. It's called revival, and I want to fan the flame of it every single day. So these conversations are taking place. People are asking these questions. People are seeking and searching. Are we proximate enough to people who are asking the real questions that they can actually arrive at the real answers? That's conversational apologetics, and that's what I'm interested in each and every one of us learning to be more adept at engaging in. So thank you so much for participating with me in the exercise here on Mornings with Carmen. We're going to bring Adam Holtz on here in just a moment. He serves with Focus on the Family's Plugged In, and we're going to talk about a video game. Really? There's a video game? called I Am Jesus Christ. Oh, we got to hear about this. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. is back from Focus on the Families Plugged In. Good morning, good friend. Good morning, good friend, Carmen. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Okay, so I could um, I could play a game and I could play Jesus and do battle with Satan? Yep. Mm-hmm. You can. Yeah. I think you better review this with us because this sounds like something that might be intriguing to some uh, middle school boys. Yeah. Well, the game is called I Am Jesus Christ. It's developed by a Polish uh, company and uh, game, well, a game company called Playway. It's kind of like the restaurant Payway, only with play in the front. And this is sort of, I'm going to characterize it as a glass half full, glass half empty kind of experience. And I think that you can start at either of those poles along the spectrum and move toward the middle in a pretty reasonable way. Um, I, I think that Let's start with the glass half empty. Uh, the game itself, from those who've played it, and I should say that that you and I this morning are talking about it primarily because of an article that was recently 
published in Christianity Today. We have not yet reviewed it firsthand. So I want to be clear that I'm, I'm reporting on some secondhand information. Uh, the game itself is is kind of odd. And it, you know, it's like what ha would happen if you took a game where you have to get power-ups and you have to earn things to be able to do certain things. Like after you've spent 40 days in the desert, you've got fireball powers to use against Satan. And, you know, there are moments like that where you roll your eyes and say, oh, come on, give me a break. I think the other question that a lot of people are going to have, and probably rightly so, is, you know, is it sacrilegious to imagine playing a video game as the person of Jesus? And I think that's a totally legitimate question to answer. And a lot of people who have played the game just have said, just as a game, let's leave the theological component aside. It's kind of weird. It's kind of uneven. It doesn't work very well. So there are some really legitimate criticisms, both theologically and aesthetically, to bring into the conversation. But having said that, the guy who developed it, um, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Because, well, it's Maxim Vysochansky. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. His impulse was he wanted to take the gospel and to take that story into a medium to potentially reach people who wouldn't hear that story or have exposure to it in any other way. And I think that I like, in, you know, in the abstract, I like that creative entrepreneurial evangelistic impulse, even though there are some big questions to grapple with here. And I think, you know, it's not that far removed from conversations we used to have about Christian movies that were really well-intended and really poorly executed that you could get done and kind of roll your eyes and say, oh, bless their hearts, they tried. And yet, sometimes even efforts that we would criticize theologically or aesthetically still have the power to break through to somebody. And I'm going to make a weird jump here. Um, when I was 18, I'd grown up in the church. I, had, I was really not walking with God. In fact, I was at a fairly fast clip in the other direction. And I went to see a horror movie called, it was either The Seventh Sign or The Seventh Seal. I think it was The Seventh Sign, which was based on Revelation. It was a horror movie. It wasn't a Christian movie. Um, and it literally scared me to death. It was a horrible movie. It was horrible theology. And yet God used that stupid movie. And I know we shouldn't say stupid, but it would, believe me, it's an awful movie. To plant a seed that began to grow. And so sometimes even things that we would be tempted to say, man, there's all kinds of problems with this. God can still use that to accomplish his purpose. So I think there's some complexity in this conversation, Carmen. Yeah, that's a helpful, that, that's a helpful viewpoint. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to take a very, very brief pause. When we come back, I am going to ask Adam about movies that are out right now. It was a book when I was growing up. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. It's now a movie. We're also going to talk about Big George Foreman. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. 
As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. You got something to say If you're living, if you're breathing You got something to say All right, um, we're talking with Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families Plugged In. Adam, let's uh, let's talk about a couple of um, movies. Um, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Like, I, I remember the book. Um, what? Yeah. Tell us about the movie. Yeah, you know, this is a book that Judy Bloom wrote in 1970. And the movie is a pretty faithful adaptation of it. And I think one of the interesting things about this story is that, um, well, before I comment on it, let me tell you about the movie. It's about an 11-year-old girl named Margaret Simon. Her dad is Jewish. Her mom is a Christian. They moved from New York City to the New Jersey suburbs. And this is the story of her adolescence. You know, it's a coming-of-age story. And it really is a coming-of-age story in that, a big part of this movie is the biological changes that her body is going through. So, you know, we get conversations about bras and, you know, all the other biological stuff that happens to a young woman when you go through adolescence. Now in the 1970s, uh, and even in the eighties, this was a book that would sometimes get banned. It was controversial because Judy Bloom's depiction of those biological realities is very frank. Now we could, you know, we could have a conversation about is it inappropriate or not. But uh, let me just, just can I just can, can I just say for all the people whose parents were uncomfortable having conversations about any of this, it yeah. was a great it was a great book. It, it was a great book, and <laughs> I think the irony <laughs> is it's a great marker, right, to see what the culture was uncomfortable with in 1975 versus 2023. I mean, oh, I think yeah. it's safe to say we're literally, I'm going to use a sci-fi metaphor. We're light years. We're light years from, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. In terms I of wish, discussion about I sexuality. wish kids were still this innocent. Exactly. Now the yeah. movie itself um, is pretty terrific. And uh, as the title implies, there's a lot of spiritual content here. Uh, Margaret, her parents are of different beliefs and they are pretty much hands off in terms of guiding her spiritually. She needs guidance and she starts praying to God. And so at one point she literally says, you know, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret Simon. I've heard great things about you. And we get this sort of very gritty, pretty authentic and down to earth and honest prayerful conversation <coughs> as Margaret seeks that sense of guidance. And so I think it illustrates just our, our indwelt, our natural desire to connect with something bigger than us and to connect with God. Now, it's not a Christian movie. It's not going to point you in a Christian direction. I also think that most of the ways that Margaret relates to God are as a personal being, you know, so there are definitely some some connecting points with our faith. 
Uh, and I think there's a lot to talk about here. And, it, and even the intersection of how do we guide our kids through adolescence? Margaret had the intuitive sense to realize, I need God's help to get through all these changes. And I think, man, if you have had these conversations with your kids and you're comfortable wading into them, uh, especially younger girls, uh, this is potentially a conversation starter. And on the flip side, if you haven't done that yet, uh, probably this isn't exactly the place you would want to start. So, mm-hmm. but I think there's some real value here. All right. How about Big George Foreman? Big George Foreman tells the story of, well, George Foreman, whom many of us remember as a boxer who lost famously to Muhammad Ali. Uh, some people who are a little younger may only know him as a guy with lots of sons named George who sold grills. Uh, you may not know that, uh, you know, partway through his career, he became a Christian uh, and he really had a transforming faith experience where he he realized that life wasn't about fame and celebrity and boxing, but it was about Jesus. Now, that's the super short version. The longer version is he grew up with a very faithful mom and he really questioned his mom's dependence on God because by from his perspective, it didn't seem like God was providing very much for them. And he was determined to be successful. And he was. Uh, but then God really humbles him. And this is that story. We get uh, an allusion to an affair that he had. There's a little bit of profanity. Uh, there's obviously boxing and some violence. But I think as a PG-13 movie, the, the content here is really navigable. And his story is incredible. This is yet the latest, I think, of really done really authentic really well done really authentic feeling christian biographies and we've seen a bunch of those the last couple of years all right i am not a fan of peter pan <clears throat> so um i mean just in general but tell me about peter pan and wendy yeah you know this is an interesting film and i know that we're going to hear people that say okay it's just the latest example of disney being woke and gender swapping and race swapping. And I think that you can look at this film from that perspective. That said, this one didn't feel quite perhaps as woke as we were expecting uh, as Wendy and her friends go to Never Never Land, uh, to Neverland. And, you know, the island, (laughs) excuse me, um, the Lost Boys are now sort of the Lost Children. And again, you can take issue with how they have messed with the story here. But we actually get a pretty great story about some pretty spunky kids dealing with some hard stuff, dealing with the Peter Pan story. And we find out that both Peter Pan and Captain Hook didn't want to grow up because of childhood trauma that they experienced with their families. And there actually is, I think, a pretty positive emphasis on family here. Uh, And the movie actually says you know what? Growing up is a good thing and it really can be a terrific adventure. And so I think it actually subverts the I don't want to grow up Peter Pan narrative in a redemptive direction. Uh, But as always, you'll want to check out our full review at PluggedIn.com and just make that decision for yourself. Yeah, that's so helpful. Um, Adam, thank you so much. So many other things we could talk about today, but we don't have time. So thank you so much for joining us. You guys, there's a ton of great content, discussion guides. They um, they look at YouTube channels. There's just all kinds of things review, reviewed for you and available at PluggedIn.com. So check it all out. Adam, as always, thank you so much. Thanks, Carmen. 
All right, next up, we're going to look ahead to not only May Day, but the National Day of Prayer. You got your plans in place? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Hey, Kathy Branzell is back. She heads up the National Day of Prayer task. Oh, not not yet. She's not coming yet. Is well, she, right? she's ready, but I'm you know, so... we, we have a few things to do before we get her. That's that. That's. I'm so excited to talk to her. I know. Okay. I know. She's always Mayday. 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 That's what's in my notes, actually. Um, Mayday. Mayday. I, you know, it's we're back to regular programming today, so I, I I have the excuse of I haven't done it this way for a few days during spring fundraiser. So I'm so sorry. Okay, so looking ahead to Mayday. Hey, what are some of your Mayday prayers? Like, right? I um I think about this from time to time. Like when we think about Mayday, 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 right? We're like you think of that as like being the thing that people call as a distress call. But May Day is also this wonderful um, time when people acknowledge that like spring is bursting forth, at least in the northern hemisphere. I don't know. What is May Day like in the southern hemisphere? If you're listening right now in the southern hemisphere, does May Day like, does it have a thing in the southern hemisphere? Is it like the the warning that winter is coming? I don't know. Interesting. Like, right? Hmm. I'm obviously a northern hemis- hemisphere thinker. I just, uh, that just occurred to me. Um, all right, so May Day is upon us. The National Day of Prayer is fast approaching. We're going to talk with Kathy Branzell in just a moment about that. The coronation of King Charles is also next week. So there's just a lot um, going on in the world, and there's a lot going on in each one of our lives as well. So I want to encourage you to be praying for your brothers and sisters in Christ. I want you to be praying for the things that are causing distress for others, and know that we're praying for you. Great. I think it's important when we approach the National Day of Prayer, we start talking about praying for the nation. We bring to the fore the concerns that we have about our country um, and the community of believers and the need for revival and how to fan the flame and how to pray fervently. We're going to have those conversations on a grand scale, but you and I both know that there are concerns that each of us has that are deep and deeply personal. And so let's be praying for each other about those concerns as well. We've talked about some of them uh, in terms of the prayer concerns that folks lifted up during the spring fundraiser. Um, You know the prayers that are heaviest upon your heart today. Um, And I want you to know that I'm lifting you up and I trust you're lifting me up as well. So prayer is this powerful, powerful resource that God gives us, maybe the most powerful resource that he gives us that we don't tap into nearly often enough. So next up, Kathy Branzell is going to join us. We're going to talk about the National Day of Prayer, which is fast approaching. Are you praying fervently in righteousness? If not, Kathy's going to equip us so that we can. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. When the church starts praying, strongholds start to break up when we pray. Kathy Branzell is joining us. She heads up the National Day of Prayer Task Force. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, friends. How are you? Good. Well, I, I am well. We have just um, 
uh, come through a very wonderful time together in our spring yes. fundraiser. And yeah, we're we're yes. poised on our tippy toes to be ready to do what God's calling us into, um, you know, as he opens up more and more possibilities for this media ministry. It's great. Yes. I've been praying for you all the way through the fundraiser. So praise God and praise God for generous partners. Amen. And you have been on my heart and mind. You're on my prayer list every time we even even start approaching the month of May, um, like mm-hmm. you move up on my prayer list because I know that there are so many things related to the National Day of Prayer um, that you're engaged in. So maybe um, maybe bring us up to speed, like where are we? What's still needed? How could we still participate? Ooh, so um, prayer, prayer, and more prayer, of course. So um, you know that we will have tens of thousands of prayer gatherings across the nation in every state. We are so grateful for our 18,000 missionaries, our prayer coordinators out there who are mobilizing prayer every day, of course, just like you, but um, have really been uh, pouring what I call heart work and hard work into uh, getting ready for these incredible prayer gatherings And so you can, uh, we invite you to go on our website and click on the event finder, nationaldayofprayer.org, and find um, a a gathering in your community. Pray with your neighbors. Uh, I want to encourage you to start getting uh, creative. You know, maybe uh, parents at a bus stop. Once Mm. the kids get on the bus, we usually just scatter. What if you just stopped and prayed for the kids and prayed our nation before you left, those kinds of things. And so we want you praying first in your community throughout the day. And then we can also talk about our evening broadcast. Okay. I love that. I love that there's this invitation. So just going to take some personal responsibility here. Mm -hmm. Um, You could just literally like put a sign out in your own front yard um, and invite people to gather right there on the sidewalk for a little, you know, you can walk around your neighborhood. That could be your National Day of Prayer neighborhood event. You can obviously yes. do it at your kid's bus stop. You could certainly, um, you know, make a big loop around the schools in your community. Maybe you want to go to your courthouse. That is a great place to spend some time um, yeah. praying for the nation and for God to bring revival And then, you know, maybe more obvious, you could have an event at your church. I'm kind of the outdoor, make a public witness of it kind of girl. Yes, yes, because our mission is to mobilize unified public prayer for America, to bring people together in this unified prayer moment to pray for one another and with one another. And so there's so many places uh, we want to encourage you to do that in your dorm room. In a break room, you know, somebody at your at your workplace that you've established an, a, a relationship with and that, you know, you're both Christians and you could just say to that one person, hey, you know, during lunch today, it's the National Day of Prayer. Um, it's a law that's a 72nd observance of the National Day of Prayer. Do you, do you want to just pray together in the break room over lunch just just for a few minutes? And and nice. That's amazing. All right. Here's some ideas. If you go to nationaldayofprayer.org, um, there are some ideas like, you know, what what might I do? Here are some community ideas. Host a neighborhood dessert potluck. 
I'm I'm thinking about a yard party, like, right? Easier to do. I don't actually have to clean my house. Like, meet me at the mailbox, right? Like, let's just, uh, you know, let, let's have a little street road yard party. Um, I like the idea of having a prayer station at the YMCA or, again, in front of the courthouse. There are these spheres of influence in the culture, um, and you could engage at the level of government or the military, media, family, church, education, business. Like, think about inviting representatives from each of these to um, to share. Like, what are the concerns that we could be lifting up? Right. Encouraging right. people. I like this one to tie red, white, and blue ribbons on your car antennas. Now you need to get on this because right, National Day of Prayers next week. So let's let's get on this. If we tied red, white, and blue ribbon car, ribbons on our car antennas, um, and people like may, might ask us why, we could say, oh, that's to remind me to be praying in advance of the National Day of Prayer. And do you want to join me at a National Day of Prayer event? Right, like all kinds of opportunities. Um, for us to engage. The list is really, really long um, at the nationaldayofprayer.org website um, to equip you and inspire you to to do something, right? Um, to find right. an event that's already planned near you or to plan one yourself. Yes. And also so many people are um, a little intimidated about the idea of praying out loud. And so we have prayer guides too. You can go on our website and we we have prayer guides for all seven centers of influence. We have a specific themed prayer guide for this year. And we have a national prayer right there on our website, the national prayer. It's free. It's right there. And, um, and that is the common thread woven in all the National Day of Prayer Task Force gatherings. Um, and that is a prayer we will pray at the Capitol uh, that morning for the national observance, we will pray it on our broadcast as we close out around the praying around the world on Thursday night. And so just um, just print off the national prayer and pray that in unity with us. Mm, I love that. I love that. Can you talk with us about praying fervently? What what does mm. it mean to pray fervently? Yeah, uh, I love Ian Bounds clarifies for us that fervency is not noise and it's not fuss. Fervency mm. comes from the heart. Uh, if you've ever had um, a six-year-old want to go get ice cream after dinner, you've seen fervency. Daddy, <laughs> mm. please, please, please. So it's not a begging. It's just a, a longing, a wanting. And so fervency is not boring prayer. Um, fervency is I am coming to you with something specific, something um, significant, and I'm speaking to God Almighty uh, in a way that I know that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond anything I could ever ask or imagine. And so fervency is a condition of the heart. It comes believing, it comes faithful. And it comes hot. Uh, I, I keep saying, you, you've heard the saying, uh, fight fire with fire. Well, fervency fights the fires of hell with Holy Spirit fire. Mm. I like the fanning the flame and the image of the fervent prayer as well. I mean, I think right. there are some times that um, it's not that it's not that my faith has grown cold. It's that I haven't been, you know, stoking the fire. And so it's 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 like a cool period, a cooling off period. Like, right. You, you know, this you're, you're with Christians who seem kind of cool to things. 
Um, and I want to fan the flame. I want that ember that's within them to be fanned back into flame, that they would be fervent in their faith. Yes. Absolutely. And then All right, we're, we're talking- going to... Yeah, okay. we're going to pray one of the prayers that is um, that's published here on the National Day of Prayer website. If you need the link directly, um, you can text me eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four, and I will send you the link back to your phone. Um, and we're going to continue our conversation with Kathy Brenzel. But let me let me close this portion of our conversation um, with a prayer. Would you join me, Lord Jesus? Prepare my heart to pray for others. Break up the hard soil of my heart in the places that have grown weary, angry, and cold. Run your fingers through my heart to plow and prepare me to receive, to be renewed, to be revived in your word, in your love, and in your purpose. Blow on the embers of this heart where I invited you to be, Lord. Take charge of it. Change it so that I can be a useful vessel and a voice for you and your kingdom. Reignite fruitfulness in my worship of you, so that my prayers are filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Cause my heart to burn with the fire of your spirit, and my prayers to be saturated with overflowing, overcoming fervency that you hear and will avail much. In the all-powerful, sovereign, redeeming name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. More with Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer Task Force in just a moment. Our spring fundraiser is officially finished, but there's still time to give. If you enjoy this podcast and want to fund more content like this, make a gift now by following the link in the show notes or visit MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks! All right. uh, We have a friend on the text line who says, all right, I've been looking around. I love these ideas. I'm driving to work right now, and I don't actually see one car that has an antenna anymore. (laughs) So true. (laughs) So I'm like, I was wondering that even as I was saying it. I'm like, do I have an antenna on my car? I don't, but I think so. I I think I could I could tie it like to my to my mirror, like my little side mirror. And people be like, why do you have a ribbon on your side mirror? Like, I don't know. I could find a place for it. We have per clings. So you could put clings. A cling. uh-huh. yep. uh, yes. Uh-huh. We have we have National Day of Prayer and we have pray per clings um, uh-huh. on, on our website. Yes. Nice. The window cling is the answer to your question, my friend, driving to work right now. Um, all right. Um, so let's see. I'm just looking at the I'm looking at the list. You know, people love to text in. So yes, I will be praying with you and for you for the prayer concerns that you raised. And yes, for those of you who have asked, I'm I'm gonna send you the link, the direct link to the National Day of Prayer website. I'm gonna send you the link that takes you directly to the page where you can post or find an event so you don't have to hunt around for that. And then you can always pop back to the homepage for everything else. Um, Kathy, talk with us about um, righteousness, because part of the conversation about praying fervently is praying fervently in righteousness. It, 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 prayers do not avail if they're just like spoken outside of the spirit of Christ. Um right. 
right? And so can you talk with us about praying fervently in righteousness? Yes. How do I get John- how do I get into that? How do I get into the righteousness of Christ in order that my fervent prayers will avail much? Right, because James 5.16 tells us, you know, that the effective fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. And so this is not a self-righteousness, right? <laughs> this is not a holier-than-thou moment or a I'm-better-than-you moment. He became sin who knew no sin, that we could become his righteousness. Righteousness is a right standing with the Father, through the blood of Jesus, through the sacrifice and the sin debt paid, as we um, express our faith in Christ and he is our Lord and Savior, we come into right alignment with God. As we study his word, we learn his will, his ways. And so um, it is It is that righteousness, that rightness in God that we get to come to him and pray. The veil was torn from top to bottom, but sin can stand in the way of that righteousness. If we decide to step out of alignment, if we decide to step out from under his shadow, then uh, we have to come first and and repent. We come and we come confessing uh, so that uh, so that it clears the path. And, and that's what I love so much about praise is that as we praise God and we praise his attributes, it's almost like when Jesus stepped in Peter's boat and he was like, get out, get out. I'm unclean. I can't be near you. Right. Um, when we praise God, it, it reveals it reveals in our heart the things that aren't righteous and right so that we can confess them and then come boldly and confidently to the throne to intercede and to ask Um, Mm. that's what he calls us to do. So that is his righteousness. We've been, as you know, because you've been praying with us and for us, um, we've been engaged in our spring fundraiser. And part of what happens, Kathy, as, you know, more than a thousand friends come forward with gifts that, you know, we ask them, how can we be praying for you? And so we have a long list, right, of of prayer requests. And I thought that maybe we could spend um, a couple of minutes praying for folks this morning. I just thought I'd just read you a sampling mm-hmm. um, of, of, the, of the prayer request that I'm just looking at on the list right now. Um, I have a son who's just recently moved. Um, please pray that he would find a job um, and friends in his new place. Um, mm-hmm. I have a son who's 28, who's not walking with the Lord. Please pray for his salvation. Please pray for Brenda and her two sons, Brian and Brett, that God would open up their eyes. Please pray for my three grandchildren and their dads. Um, I think there's an uh, abuse history there that they're asking prayers for as well for in terms of trauma, uh, trauma healing. Um, my niece's family has been in a crisis since their baby was born in July. I mean, what a gift. Everybody's doing fine, but there's also just seems to be a lot of struggle. I feel like they are under spiritual warfare and attack. I'm thinking of Ellie, my granddaughter, that God would meet her um, as only he can. I'm praying for health, um, asking that God would introduce my son to the woman that he has created for him to share his life with. I mean, you, you and then, then there are prayers of anxiety and, um, and physical need, prayers of financial need, prayers for our country, lots of, lots of requests for prayers for the country, um, on and on and on. So I'm just wondering, Kathy, if you would spend a couple of minutes praying for our sweet brothers and sisters in Christ um, who are a part, active part of this ministry um, and who have asked us to be praying. 
Absolutely. And I'm grateful that you all sent me a lot of the prayer requests. And so I've been praying along with you. And so, Lord Jesus, we continue. We continue to just come and fall at your feet. Lord, knowing that uh, you are our shepherd. And when you are our shepherd, we lack nothing. We shall not want. And Lord, for all of these uh, that we pour out our hearts fervently in prayer for family, Lord, we pray that um, in need, in, in needing you first, in needing to know what you have established and authored for their life, for a job, for a spouse, Lord, in where they should go, what they should do, and certainly in calling upon you. Lord, we pray that you would lead them on the paths of righteousness for your name's sake and for their soul's sake. Lord, we thank you that you are the author of our days, the, uh, the beautiful designer, the great creator. We each have a divine destiny, a kingdom purpose. We are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus. You are the potter. We are the clay. You knit us together in our mother's womb. And so, Lord, I pray right now for those who are feeling anxious, overlooked, ignored. Lord, for those who are worrying, fretful, fearful, Lord, that your peace would envelop them right now, would saturate them right now, that they would know that you care so deeply for them, you love them so deeply that you came to this world to pay their sin debt, that you have prepared all the good works before they were even born for your glory, for their days that they have purpose in every breath, every moment has meaning and mission in you. Hmm. And that you never, ever leave us or forsake us. Lord, if there's anyone listening right now who thinks their sin is bigger than your salvation, I pray mm. that lie would be thrown in the pit of hell. It would be sent back <laughs> to the one who created the lie, that his mouth would be shut and that, and that um, everyone would know that your sacrifice covers the sins we've, that we come and we confess and we lay down to you and we repent. That life with you can begin at any moment. New life, not renovated life, not fixer-upper life, new life with the old gone, dead, buried, and raised in you in the newness of life. So Lord, we thank you. We love you. We trust you. I pray fruitfulness um, in the lives of all. Mm-hmm. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Kathy, thank you so much. We're praying with you and for you in anticipation of the National Day of Prayer. Again, I'm happy to send you guys the link directly to your phones. Just text me, 877-933-2484. You can find events and resources to equip you for the National Day of Prayer. It's just five days away nationaldayofprayer.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. All right, rest, restoration, peace, 
joy, planting, planning, service, worship. These are my heart's desire for your weekend. May you find rich fellowship with the Lord. Have a great weekend and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.